You're listening to Potato Candy Network. Hello, and welcome back to another segment of Blank Monster here on Blank Scenario. I am your host, Marie, and in these episodes, I present two or three monsters in Monster Manual that I think are either overused or underused and give you a couple ideas on how to use them in games at home. We are working our way through the 5th edition Monster Manual. This week, we are on to letter W. So we had a couple of fun monsters in this section, but there are two that really stick out to me that I wanted to go over because they're very kind of fun on the side characters that you could throw in, but they're ones that I don't think I've ever really seen in-game or used properly that I feel like. So we're going to talk about those this week. The first is the Water Weird. So the Water Weird is an elemental guardian that is bound to a water-filled location, typically a pool or a fountain of some kind. While it is completely immersed within that pool, it is invisible. But when it emerges, it takes on a serpentine shape and attacks anyone other than the summoner. Once it's slain, it becomes simply inanimate water. So this is an elemental that has been summoned into this contained water in order to act almost as a guard of some kind. So like most elementals, this thing has no concept of good or evil. But it will take on the nature of wherever it is bound to. So if it is bound in an area that might be a pure domain, maybe it's summoner with someone of a good divinity or someone who followed a good deity, it might start to take on a good alignment, so be a neutral good. If it's an area that's polluted or that's been contaminated in some way or otherwise be fouled, it might become neutral evil. So neutral good water weirds would try to frighten people away, whereas a neutral evil will just try kill for pleasure and might even kill its summoner. <laughs> you don't know for sure. Now, if it does turn evil, you can obviously turn it back by purifying the water or at least get it to a neutral state. So it almost takes on the characteristics of whatever it's been bound to. That being said, it will die if it ever leaves that water. So if you're able to pull it out, if it somehow leaves, if that water is broken somehow and drained, that thing will die. So the water weird is not like most elementals where it's summoned and then just goes back to the elemental plane somehow. This thing is specifically summoned, but its life is bound, bound into wherever it's at. Unless, you'll notice I'm immediately cutting over to past editions because this does not have very much in the way of stats and lore. It's three paragraphs is all we really get for it. But the reason I wanted to talk about it was because of 3.5. In 3.5, elemental weirds are diviners and seers. So there are four different types based upon the elements, obviously. And all of them are very powerful and the art of divination. On all of them, the upper half of the body resembles a beautiful female uh, made of the element, while the lower half might just be swirls or something to that effect. And they're all connected to a pool or a container of their element that acts almost as a portal. As long as they are in that pool, they can go back to their native plane and then return to material plane as they want. If they ever leave that container, though, they will lose that connection to their native plane and be unable to return that way. So it's not quite as detrimental for them to step out and go somewhere 
but they don't have as easy time returning. They are good, though. They do want to help people and share knowledge. So if one elemental weird is unable to answer someone's question, they will actually send them to a different elemental weird because they each get different types of knowledge. And beyond that, they'll often be nearby each other just to be, make sure they can be most helpful. So these are actual good creatures, so to speak. Earth elementals portray death and let you know when you're going to die. So that's kind of good, I guess. <laughs> but water weird specifically, they are soothsayers of healing. So they offer hope for people who have no hope, for people who might be dying, for lands that are decaying. They are going to be the element that you want to go to say, hey, we need a way to fix this. What do we do? And they're going to give you the answer for that. So rather than being guard dogs for someone, these elemental weirds, specifically water weirds, are going to be basically people's last hope. Because of that, I have three ideas for these guys I think is interesting. The first is a wizard has requested that you probably destroy the water weird that's guarding an ancient site. Now, this weird is an area that's been corrupted, so it's evil, which explains why it's still there and no one's able to control it. So you need to go in and destroy this somehow. Now, the other option could happen too. You could be sent in to corrupt a water weird. Maybe someone is trying to prevent people from getting to an area to make it more deadly. Um, there's no stat change as far as evil and good, but the idea of scaring versus killing for pleasure kind of changes strategy a bit. And this could also even be an assassination attempt of when to send someone in, they're going to corrupt the guardian. Guardian is then going to kill the owner of the tower and that person is no longer a threat. Also an option. The second scenario idea is your party is being sent to a seer to try to find a solution for a dying friend. Um, you could also extend this to be a dying area. Maybe there's a plague going on or a blight of some kind. And this is going to be leaning into the 3.5 variant of the water weirds. This is not a guardian. This is someone or something at least that can tell them where to find a solution. The problem is the pool that this water weird is in is contaminated. So it can't accurately predict anything. It's divination magic isn't working. This is all in my own head. This is nothing lore based from the book. But I think it combines the two really nicely. That the water weird needs your party's help to cleanse its pool. And then it will be able to help them and anyone else that may follow. And there are a lot of options for that. You have purify food and drink that you could use to purify water. You have a lot of cleric spells that could probably apply to this. Or even just finding the source of pollution and cutting it off from there. So it can naturally be cleansed. And the third option is your party actually needs to trap a water weird and then move it somewhere else. So water weirds cannot leave their pool, but nothing says they can't be trapped with their pool of water and moved somewhere else. <laughs> so there are several things magically you can use. You could create a portal that would just drain from one, sp one space to another. There are spells that you could use to trap this creature. You could get the magic sponge in D&D. Yes, that is a thing that will soak up two tons of water. And then when you activate it by squeezing it, will release all of that water. Now, that one makes it an issue because where are you storing this, right? But there are options to be able to bring this thing from point A to point B. If you fail, the weird dies and you're just not going to get paid. So this one's much more lower stakes and I think leans more into how many camping things can you throw at your party 
to accidentally cause them to release this before they get to their destination. So that's going to be the water weird. Our next monster is actually going to be technically multiple. But we are going to be talking about the Will-O-Wisps. So Will-O-Wisps are fun because in a lot of lore, they tend to be just kind of sprites or spirits. They don't really have any kind of purpose other than they're there. My first thought is the Disney movie Brave. Because you have the little um, wisp that kind of lead her to the witch and then lead her to other areas. So you get a little bit of a helpful nature there. D&D decided not to do that. <laughs> These things are malevolent balls of light that feed on despair. And they are sort of the reincarnation of evil souls who have perished. So they're not good. They are very clearly chaotic evil. Their actual appearance is they are literally just a ball of light. From a distance, they might look like lantern light. And they can change their color a little bit and even blink in and out of existence at will. So they're not constantly on. And as I said, any victims of theirs that were evil in life have potential to join their ranks. So these guys really thrive in swampy bogs and battlefields, any area of lost hope and despair. Because that's where people tend to die a lot and they feed on the despair of people dying. They don't really speak. When they do, it sounds like really faint whispers or really far away voices. So they're much more of a visual cue than an audio. But they do form a sort of symbiotic relationship with wicked neighbors. So hags or onis or other beings that might lure and trap people, they're going to be drawn to like moths to a flame because there's a lot of death and a lot of decay going on there and they want to get in on that. As far as any combat potential with these guys you're really not going to be able to fight them. So they have very low health, but they have a insane dexterity number and they are very difficult to hit in normal combat. They are also resistant and immune to basically everything to some degree. You might be able to trick them because they only speak the language they knew in life. So they're not mind readers or anything like that. So you could technically trick them, but your best bet is running. The most damage they're going to do is they're going to drain your life. They're going to pass through you for shock damage or use lightning attacks. So again, more annoying than anything else. In a high level, you're probably not going to mess with the guys. Unless you have an area attack that can do magic damage, not much you can do here. So a couple of ideas for them, though, because there are some interesting story elements I think you can pull into it. The first is your party is having traveled through a haunted forest. Um, whatever reason you've come up with, they have to go this route. And they are warned that if you see a light, walk the other direction. So what this is, is this is basically a trick to not being fooled by the will-o'-wisps. Will-o'-wisps are trying to lead you to death. They are trying to lead you to areas that will cause you pain and suffering. So the logic is if they want me to go that way, I go the opposite direction. Now, I would not make this specifically working and I would have a couple of will-o'-wisps that might catch on to oh they've got a trick to get around us so you're probably making a lot of perception checks a lot of stealth checks potentially a lot of survival checks a lot of checking for traps but that's kind of the trick of is your party going to catch on fast enough to what these things are and why they have to stay away from them because they might not realize why they're avoiding them they might decide to say, oh, there's people. We're going to sneak up on them and then get stuck in a trap. 
So that's going to be the trick with that one is figuring out how much do you listen to the old crazy guy at the beginning of the forest versus how much do you want to investigate. The second option puts your players in a bit more of a disadvantage that they are running from a battle that has been lost. They are soldiers, survivors, whatever you want to make them to be. And they are basically just trying to get to help. But along the way, they're being stalked by these will-o'-wisps that are basically draining and feeding on their despair. This one I would make very interesting because I would basically make it difficult for the party to do any kind of healing. But I would treat it almost like a psychology experiment that if the party decides to be upbeat, persistent, not let despair get to them, the will-o'-wisp will eventually go away. But if your party is scared, is panicking, is complaining, someone's like, we're all going to die, we're all going to die, you're going to attract more of them. So you could really play off of the player characters and how they're interacting, what they're saying and doing with how aggressive these Will-O-Wisps are being to them. And the last is a little bit out there, but it was one that I thought would be really fun. Your players are Will-O-Wisps. <laughs> we're just going to throw that one in there. Your players have an evil in, in life, and they are now dead. If you have anyone who's actually played the evil character, those are their languages they know have fun. But they are trying to lead people into pits and traps that have been set by a hag. This hag does not like them, but puts up with them because they are kind of helpful to her. So they are trying to convince and guide people into these traps because they are intelligent and I would argue they could talk to each other even if they're not talking to other people. And they are trying to lead people in these areas to get that despair and that death that they were looking for. So it kind of flips the script a little bit on what you're doing with the monsters, but I think it'd be really fun to tell players. So you're trying to kill as many people as possible, but you can't actually attack them. You just need to glow from distance and then see what they come up with. So that's going to be our two monsters this week. We have the Water Weird with two different variants <laughs> and the Will-O-Wisps. I will mention this as well just because I just finished the episode earlier today. Our friends over at Theoretical Insights just finished their list on CR3 and feature the Water Weird. And I'm pretty sure they were beyond exhausted recording this episode because they broke at that point. <laughs> but they mentioned a couple of fun ideas you could do, including... Rain, draining Lake Michigan. Oh, what was the other one? Um, oh yeah, puddles. I'm not gonna go into it because I don't think I could do it justice. Just go go listen to at least the clip, very end clip of them talking about the water weird, <laughs> um, and see how nonsensical they got with it. Um, and they cover a bit more of the technical aspects of how it works and everything. So they covered that one, which I was excited to see. It wasn't the only one to talk about. But that's going to be it. We are very quickly reaching the end. Um, I've said that many episodes, but we legitimately only have two episodes left after this one. So if I have missed any creature that you wanted me to talk about, let me know. And I can try to do a wrap-up episode maybe to go back and kind of highlight a couple of them that were requested or more popular maybe. And as always, if you use any of these creatures or any of these ideas in-game, let me know how it goes because <laughs> some of these I can see going really well. Some of these I feel like might not go as well for players, but you know, they, they tried. They at least tried. We'll give them that. <laughs> but until then, I will see you in the next episode.
Bob Spuds here on the scene once again reporting for Potato Candy Network. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing on your podcasting app of choice. If you have a scenario prompt you want us to use, send it to us on social networking with Instagram and Facebook at Potato Candy Network. And if you really liked us, consider supporting us on Patreon for bonus content monthly, such as behind-the-scenes sneak peeks, inspirations, and future episode previews. Check out our brother show, Dreadful Tales, for some taut tension full truly terrifying tales of terror. <laughs> Got that on the first try, you know. And finally, please leave us a review, as it helps your recommendations and helps others find the hard work we do here at Potato Candy Network. Oh, and friendly reminder, if someone asks you if you're a god, don't think of marshmallows. <laughs> Nobody likes that guy.